welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. Going to start from uh, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Some of this will be behind. And the key thought that I get out of this first portion of Scripture, which is where I've studied from, is the fact that God wants us to live light and easy. Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give you is light. I like the fact that Jesus spoke into this natural area of life of energy. I like the fact that he talked into the space where people were weary. In Matthew 6:27 he said, "Can all your worries add a single moment to your life?" And now I'm sorry for those in the room this morning who think worry is a sign of sincerity and that we all should carry a certain amount of it otherwise we're not being good stewards of everything in our world. I apologize to you. In Matthew 6:24, Jesus said that we can't serve two masters, we'll either serve God or money. And I would like to suggest to you today that a lot of our worry and concerns today that come into our world come from the worry department of life. And Jesus said, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? In Australia, when we are about to leave after gathering, catching up with friends, we often say goodbye and take care. Can I give you a tip for relationship with me? Please never say to me, goodbye and take care. Because under my breath, I'm saying, no way, dude, I ain't taking no care with me. And if I really know you and like you and love you, I'll say, no thanks, I'll cast it. (laughs) The word care in Scripture here that I'm about to quote actually means to mentally suffer after. Oh. And that's why the Scripture says here in, I think it's 1 Peter, it says... Give all your worries and cares to God for He cares about you. So this is what we do. We have this life that we live, this God that we serve, and we know that we're supposed to cast our cares on the God. We're supposed to, we, we know that we're not supposed to worry about anything. So we pray about everything. So we come into our time with God and, and we begin to pray about our financial world and we give that concern to God and that works. And then we begin to pray about other things and then family comes in and we, we give our family problems to God. And we make sure that he takes care of them. But it's only been the first few moments of our quiet time and we've gone on to do our devotion and while we're there it 
pop-up comes up on our device and a notification and we see that and that and all of a sudden now our mind's been distracted and we take those concerns for our family back because we started to look at all the natural stuff on it and by the time we get to the end of that, this has caused some other concerns in the area of the finance department and we're trying to work out how we're going to sort that out and now all of a sudden we haven't even finished our quiet time. And what we gave to God, we've taken back. And by the time we get in the car to go to work, we're like, oh, gee, this is just so much. And we try and give it back again. And <laughs> you know what the problem is? You've got a small God, you've got big problems. You've got a big God. You've got small problems. And I want to suggest to you today strongly uh, that your God is bigger than any problem you have. Any worry, any concern that you have, your God is bigger. Your God is able to take any, my work dramas, they're gone. Hello, somebody? Um, my device is, uh, is the, you know, this is World War Three on the soul. This thing here. It's, like, I actually like it. Not, I know. I'm not against, I don't think these are it, but if you don't put this in the right box, this can become World War Three on your soul. And you've got to know how to leave that thing in God also. You've got to know how to switch it off. You've got to know that we weren't designed to pick up notifications and news reports from every single person that we've ever met and known and from around the world and actually carry them on a daily basis. We weren't designed that way. Hello, somebody. We, we would, Jesus said, sufficient for the day are the cares of Today, you've got to know that worry will not, worry will not remove trouble for tomorrow, only strength from today. I'll say it again, worry will not remove trouble from tomorrow, but it will remove strength from today. And so it's really powerful to get in a space and place where you know how to truly give those things to God. Proverbs 4 and verse 23 says, Be careful how you think. I like that God is so empowering in that statement and says, Be careful how you think, not what you think. But actually be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. You know, as a plant springs up from and could not exist without the seed, so every act of a person springs from the hidden seeds of thought. A thought is a seed. The seed grows not only into an action, but also into an emotion. Over the journey that I've had in my own world and up until 38, basically I didn't think mental illness or health was ever going to be an issue for me. I just thought you would just remain buoyant and robust regardless of what went on in my world. But once hitting some of those markers and kind of not paying attention in the areas where needed, to find yourself myself in a place of depression on an extended period of time and then come to the realisation that predominantly it resulted from me choosing to think the wrong things for too long. 
Like intentionally thinking the negative instead of thinking the positive. Like intentionally thinking in a sense of a victim instead of the victor. To come to that realisation was actually even more devastating in the moment, but it was the day of change. And we've got to realise today that wherever we're at in our journey, seeds of thought produce trees. I think sometimes we walk along life thinking it doesn't matter what's going on secretly in this brain of mine, it will remain there forever. But it's actually not the process of life. You sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. You sow a character and you reap a destiny. But it all starts back here with thought. And the most important thing that we can do, my times of being coached and mentored one-on-one through this process, one of the best coaches, mentors, friends I've had throughout the journey is a guy called Rob Carmen. In fact, if you go onto the Bible app, you can find devotional that a lot of this stuff will come out of today where he speaks life into these areas. And and to get to the place where you can realise that you can actually on a daily basis renew and refresh this thing. And thoughts, because we're talking about mostly today energy loss. We're talking today mostly about how we can get back to that place where we're just buoyant in every area, spirit, soul and body. And it takes individual commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to go strong and healthy in this zone. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19, it says, Hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. I want to encourage you today with one deposit of hope for every single person in the room. There's no medicine like hope, Orison Sweet Martin said. No incentives so great and no tonic so powerful as expectation of something better tomorrow. The, the soul attracts what it secretly harbours. As unbelievable, be unbelievable as it may seem, it is possible for a person to live up to 70 days without food. It is possible for a person to exist for nearly 10 days without water. And one can live without oxygen for up to six minutes. But there is one thing it's impossible to live without, and that is hope. Emerson said, a man is what he thinks about all the time. John Hopkins Medical School has found that 70% of disease is psychosomatic. What does that even mean? The word psyche means the mind and soma is the body. This is not to say that 70% of diseases are not real, but rather the origin of these diseases is not found in a physical cause. The origin in nature first occurred in the mind. As a person begins to harbour and foster negative thoughts in the mind, these mind, these manifest in the body. Thoughts have the ability to make us well or to, or to poison the body. Negative thoughts weaken the immune system and poison the bloodstream. Several years ago, Stanford University found over 2,000 different chemical secretions that were released into the body, from the brain, into the bloodstream, which were all based on a person's thoughts, good or bad. It's like, goodness me, your brain is a chemical factory with 2,000 plus chemicals on the shelf of choice. And you choose what comes off the shelf by the way this works. How incredible is that? Like think about it for a moment. Your feelings will follow your thoughts and you can choose your thoughts. 
I've just fallen to the same trap that you have from time to time where I've allowed my feelings to speak to me instead of my thoughts. But when you get into the zone and realise, you know what, I am going to shift this thing. Proverbs says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Words are thoughts clothed by human language. We, we need to understand today that we can actually change the sweetness of the soul by the th- words that we speak. I wanna say to you today, wherever you're at on the journey, whether you're feeling like you're in a zone that is critical, where you're feeling like you're in a zone where alarm bells are popping up, today is gonna be a turnaround day and you're coming out the other side with armed and, and equipped with the ability to stop the rot If you're running on empty right now, here's here's a couple of things you can do that can shift things immediately. Number one, stop the leaks. Energy leaks out of our life. And your energy is leaking out either through responsibilities or relationships. Oh, hang on, I'm gonna start to preach now. I'm gonna start to preach now. If a responsibility consistently drains you and it never replenishes you, stop the leak. You say, thank you. That means I can offload my kids. No, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But you know what? Let's go there with kids for a moment. If kids are consistently draining you and you are the adult in the relationship, you might want to look at restructuring the way that you're doing the parenting thing. Hello, somebody. Come on, he's going to start to preach now. Because... Because that's your inheritance from the Lord. And your children are actually a mirror of you. Sorry about that. (laughs) Try going the zone of encouragement and compliments. Just like for 30 days straight. What, are you serious? What about discipline? Yeah, yeah, you'll get to that after on day 31. But just, just shock your children and go into the zone of compliments and encouragement. Yeah, that went down well. Uh, (laughs) First stop the leaks, responsibilities. Even in work, sure there's hard times, sure there's challenges, but come on, if we're in the right thing, if you're running in your lane, if you're doing what you're really passionate about, even in those challenging seasons and times, there is a reward of replenishment that comes from doing what you do well. And if it only continually drains you, I ask you to consider, am I in the wrong job? Running on empty, stop the leaks. Running on empty, reset your mindset. Tired bodies are the result of tired thoughts. One of the things that is really practical, and I know Dr. Carmen's spoken about it here, but he's spoken to my world and said, just Claude, every morning when you wake up, before you do anything, before you move your feet out of bed, when you open your eyes, just sit there and stay there 10 minutes and just acknowledge the presence of God. Just thank God for His presence. Just think about that one Scripture that is a blessing to you and just just activate, cultivate, acknowledge the presence of God. And you know what? It changes everything. Like I'm constantly now up before the alarm, awake. And uh, out of bed in a 
really ungodly hour, like five-ish. I still don't really want to talk to people. That's okay, isn't it? But practising the presence of God changes everything. Resetting the mindset. Cleaning out the ashes from the day before. Putting some fire back into the soul before you try and put it anywhere else. Stop the leaks. Reset the mindset. You know, devices often freeze. And uh, in fact, I was... Yeah, family member yesterday had one of their devices that they hadn't shut down since they'd bought it, had never been turned off and wondered why it froze. And I went, well, it's a computer. You've got to turn it off completely regularly and it resets and it runs better. Wow. (laughs) I tried to cover you. Expose yourself. (laughs) But you know what? Your brain is the same. We, we, we carry over thoughts from the day before and the week before and the month before. And you know what? Sooner or later, you've got to do the reset thing, shut down, reboot, clean it out. When that happens, and I like what Anthony set up here, you know, where your focus goes, emotions go. Where your focus goes, energy flows. Emotion, energy on the move. Don't think that emotion It's not a major power of this whole energy drain deal. You've got to be aware that you are able to stop the leaks, reset the mindset and harvest helpful hormones. Like I'm amazed at how much, if if you're really in a low ebb and feeling, I'm amazed how much better you feel just simply after a shower. Like everyone can do that, right? And it would be good for all of us. The helpful hormones. Your body is a factory of over 2,000 chemicals and physical activity is an essential part of producing those things. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, I love how the message paraphrase says this. Check this out. I love this. This is like so good. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. (laughs) Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. Workouts in the gymnasium, helpful. But actually workouts in God, praying every day, not on the run, but and not for hours. I, I really don't understand in many ways people that have hours to pray and then don't have enough time for a job. Just a thought. I have all of the resources financially available to do this, this and this and then not to honour God. I don't get it. The disciplines of God are a daily deal. In fact, in the health and fitness journey, personally, when I found like I wasn't getting any, I've tried the gym, I've tried dieting, it's not working. I've said to one of my men, it's not working. And he starts to ask me questions. You know, the awkward ones? Oh, yeah, so how many times do you go to the gym? (laughs) I get there two or three times a week, which is code for 
three weeks ago, I got there three weeks in a, for three times that week. And last week, I got there for a week. And this week, I got there. he says to me, Claude, try the power of every day. I mean, yeah, smarty pants. <laughs> but you know what? The changes came on every day in the physical. I would say spiritually, if you wanna get your heart set on fire in God, if you wanna have a revival, just go to the everyday deal. Just pray every day. Just set aside time every day to read the Word. Just set set aside time every day to adjust your character to be like the character of Christ every day. Just one thing. Scripture says that we're to put on Christ and putting on Christ is not about a put on mask. It's about putting on the nature of Christ through meditation of the Word of God, confession of the Word of God, and beginning to to say things out of your mouth that line up with Scripture while your life is still in the old zone. It's an incredible deal. Doing the mindset reset. I think there's three key areas where you have to reset your mindset. Number one, you need to shift from balance to rhythm. Most people in life are trying to pursue this magical thing called balance. I just want to live a balanced life. Guess what? It does not exist. Hello, somebody. What you need to actually engage in is what's called rhythm. In one area of your life, family, work, church, if one area is placing a high demand on you right now, it's likely areas that, it's, li- it's likely that other areas don't need so much. Huge family demands at the moment. Work's ticking along okay. I can just kind of do that and it's easy. Family needs me. Go to the family. Do what needs to be. Work is high demand at the, at right now and it just needs to be done. Wife is understanding. Children okay. Give her what you need to do. There's a rhythm to the thing. If all areas are placing high demands on you at the same time, you've created that. Could we get security escort me out after this? (laughs) Jokes. Learn to say no. Learn not to have FOMO. For those that don't know what that means, you are officially old. (laughs) I didn't know until I Googled it. Learn not to have fear of missing out. Say no to the right things and yes to God things. Get into rhythm, not balance. The second major mindset reset that needs to happen if you haven't already made it is you've got to shift from maximum to margins. Most people are simply trying to get the maximum out of every day. But you need to structure and set up your days with margins. With space, structure your days, your weeks, your months with plenty of margin to add, so that you can have rest in the days, so that you can deal with the unexpected in your days. You know what? Social demands are crazy nowadays. Have you noticed? I'm looking at some of my grandchildren and the birthday parties they get. I'm thinking, dude, your mum's going to have fun keeping up that when you're 18. I look at the demands socially on church folk because we have so many friends and so many connections and I I, I expect that some just find it difficult to say no. But can I encourage you not to get caught up in the social obsessions that are going on in the new millennia? 
Don't try and get the most out of your days. Try and put the most into the things you value. Don't focus on priorities because priorities change. Focus on value. What do I value the most? Put your time into your values. Set up margins in your days, your weeks, your months so that it makes room for rest, for recreation, for chill, for nothing. And then the final, I I just kind of chose three most important areas, that being rhythm instead of balance, margins instead of maximum, but also for purpose, a mindset of purpose instead of productivity. And you're listening to a, let me call myself a recovering alcoholic. No, um, workaholic. Yeah, the oxygen went out of the room. That was actually a mistake. <laughs> Recovering from the first 40 years of life being about a workaholic mindset instead of a purpose mindset and shifting that. I wanted to shift it most of all for myself and those closest to me, but, but also realising that you do live an example for others that they follow sometimes unconsciously and then as a result suffer the same consequences And we just could have set a better example. Don't be concerned about success. Be concerned about succeeding at the wrong things. Mark 8.36. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? I'm coming into land. I'm actually coming into land in the next few minutes. I want to go back to Matthew 11.28 from the message paraphrase and read this to you with these thoughts. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. This is Jesus speaking in his time and in his day about people weary, burned out, at a low level of energy. He said, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Isn't it interesting that Jesus has to talk to us about how to take a real rest? He says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Walk with Jesus, practice the presence. Walk with Jesus, don't run with the crowd. Walk with Jesus, be mindful of the voice of God. That is the Holy Spirit in every moment of the day. Recently, I spent over an hour looking for the key for my car, well, actually my wife's car, my key for her car. It's one of those kind of keyless entry things. I've spent over an hour and I am sure, I am sure that I haven't misplaced it. Someone else has shifted it. <laughs> and I've, I've gone through the process. I don't know how many times I checked. Actually, it might've been these jeans that were hanging up in my, I checked it, not there. I'm an hour in, I'm getting frustrated. I'm about to express myself more passionately. And I'm, I'm, I'm 
just gone from the third trip to the car to look in the car for it. And I'm just about to walk inside and the Holy Ghost says to me, why don't you ask me? <laughs> okay. Where is it? In your pocket. <laughs> of your black jeans. I, I, I've checked it three times. Code for male checking the pocket three times. <laughs> They're hanging up. Pat, 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 pat down the outside. Not in there. Holy Ghost says, no, put your hand in the pocket. Goes to pocket, finds key. Jesus says, walk with me. In your everyday walking of life, and I find this really stunning. The Holy Spirit has minute to minute updates on your life and can guide and direct you even in those simple things. But when we're rushed, worried, concerned, exceeding in this zone of care, we fail to acknowledge and hear the voice. He says, walk with me. And he says, work with me. Work with Jesus. That was an, that, that's an instruction, not just for ministers, but for members. He wants you to work with Him. He doesn't want to be involved in your work. He wants to lead your work. He wants to be the CEO, the number one. He wants to be central to your work, not just involved. Then He says, watch me do it. In other words, and I'm aware that this portion of Scripture is actually referring to Jesus saying, hey, the whole watch thing is prayer. But also it's wonder. Walk, work, watch. It's what God did at the beginning of time in Genesis once He completed creating everything. The Bible says He sat back and seen that it was good. Take time out to appreciate life in your prayer time and in your recreation time. When you cast your cares on Him in prayer, He takes care of all the details. Listen, God does wanna take care of your detail. Isn't that good news? Can I encourage you over the weeks ahead just to consider that maybe there's a mindset reset in store. Maybe it's time to look at where you can really stop the leaks. Maybe it's time where we, we, those of us that are fully buoyant can look at this whole reality that we are called to refresh others. I wanna bring a refreshing into your world today. I wanna say to you that hope is powerful and God wants to give you more of it in your everyday walking and breathing. Hope is the major weapon, Carl just said against the suicide impulse. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.